Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Today I wanted to talk about, um, I had a phone call yesterday, and I get them from time to time, and it has to do with someone's not sure if they should go ahead and report what they think just might be. They're not sure. And they want to be clear that they're not sure that someone is being abused, that the child is being abused. But because they're not good friends with the family, they know the family, like coming to a soccer game or coming to a lesson at their house, they're just not sure. And this person who called me said, I wish I knew for sure, because then it would be so much easier to report. True. And I asked, what was the situation? And the bottom line was the, it was more than one girl in the family and they were just extremely shy. It had been over, it'd been over a year since she's seen them once a week. Uh, She did a class at her home with like four or five students all at the same time. And these two students were part of it, but they were always so reclusive, so shy. And they wore sweatshirts and hoodies and they wore their hoodies all the time. Never took the hoodies off, always looked down, only answered if prodded to answer a question. And they knew the answers. She said they were really bright. In fact, she felt like they were the smartest students in the class. Hmm. However, they weren't going to raise their hand. You had to ask them the question before they would answer. And when the mother or the father picked them up, they were still very quiet, very reclusive and left. And the parents weren't talkative. They were very quiet parents. And she thought it was maybe a cultural thing. And so I asked her, well, what culture was it? She goes, well, they were Hispanic. And I said, no, that's not normal behavior. (laughs) Even for Hispanic behavior. She goes, okay, well, I just wasn't sure. I said, no. I said, but there are shy children in the world. So that's always good to know. I said, were they talking with the the other kids in the class type situation that you had in your home? Or was it just an adult they were kind of shy with? She said, no, they never engaged. Even when they took breaks, they never engaged with the other children. It was just the two of them. And they didn't even talk with each other much. They just had their heads down and they would go through this class that they had. How old were they? Uh, 12 and 13. And it wasn't a professional teacher, nothing like that, but it was a class that was being held in her home. And the bottom line was, I said, how's your gut feel about it? And she said, I'm calling you because it's my gut that's bothering me. I said, has any other adult been to your home and actually seen this take place? She goes, my husband's seen it from time to time. And what is his reaction? That they act really withdrawn and shy, but he's not in the class while I teach it and all of that process. And how does he, you know, feel about you reporting it? He felt like I should give you a call. I said, okay, well, bottom line is report it. It's better to report it. And the people who've been given the responsibility here in your state can go ahead and look into the process and answer the questions. Would I want to be a family that was reported to Child Protective Services? No. 
but it would be kind of nice to know that other people were watching my children and saying, I see something going on and I need to go ahead and go, what's going on? I did have some very shy, two little shy little girls when I had five children and two of them were very shy in the beginning until they got to know everybody. And then all of a sudden they're running around like crazy with all the other kids. But in the beginning, they were very shy and sat there. No, I'm fine. I don't need to play with everybody. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they couldn't take it anymore and started breaking out. But it took time and put them into more situations. And that's just a whole other thing that somebody could, you know, even talk to a counselor if your child is just too withdrawn or shy or has a hard time getting into group situations, it may be difficult for them, but they can work their way out of it. Yeah. But the bottom line is we need to protect those we believe possibly might be abused. It sounds like these, these two girls, if she had them for a year, you said, well, and she was teaching them weekly and had them for a year. Yes. And for the concern to be there, then there must have been a behavior that just continued through that time frame. She thought that they would warm up eventually because all the other children had warmed up to her. And, and the children were always interacting with each other. They weren't from the same family, yeah. but they never participated and they never did engage. Hmm. And she said, and they were so smart. She said they were the two smartest in the class. Hmm. So... It's difficult, and I, I guess that's why I'm bringing it up. It was difficult for her to go, oh, I got a call then. And I said, most of them, you could report anonymously, but they want to ask questions. What did you see? What, what gives you the idea that they possibly are abused? They're going to ask you questions. Right. Answer them. But the family that you're reporting on is not going to know that it was you in all the states that I know, there might be a state that's different with laws, but you could also ask while reporting, is my report going to be anonymous? True. You can say, I want to be anonymous. Because <laughs> sometimes they'll ask, would you like to get a call back? Um, if it's like a child welfare call or something like that, sometimes the police office, because I've gone through this, I've experienced being the one making that call, having the- Did you have that, oh shoot? Oh yeah. You really don't want like, call? Well, it was at the very beginning before, I guess, getting comfortable. I don't know that you can ever get comfortable <laughs> reporting, but um, I became, I guess, more courageous, more experienced <laughs> because I was having to do it more in some of the places that I've, I've worked. Um, but yes, it's, it's very scary when first where your gut is telling you and the Holy Spirit's telling you there's something off here, pay attention, you know, and then you're watching for a couple days or whatever. And, you know, you just see all the signs, you start seeing signs that you can't dismiss any longer. And your gut's just saying, you've got to make the phone call, mm -hmm. but then you still question. And so, okay, who's that trusted person that I could talk to? And it's usually my husband, I'll bounce something off. And he's like, you know what you got to do, Renee. And so mandated or not mandated, you know, it was got to make this call but it was a scary call. Every time it was scary, I'm not gonna say it got easier and never was non-scary, but- What about the after? But once I did that call and had the conversation, I, I, I guess I could say the courage grew because I was finally doing what I knew I needed to do in the situation. It was no longer this haunting and irritation and 
do I don't I do I don't I finally was doing what I knew I needed to do and once done there was a piece that came over me like okay you can now release this you've done your job it is rough Good I will advice. say Good advice. It's, it's rough to be in the shoes of the person that needs to report because it is a natural fear of oh what if they find out I'm the one that did the report what if they find out you know just those natural things that come up. What if they find out and then they'll never be my friend again? Or what if they find out and they retaliate? But the police don't go reporting those things to the family, you know? And that was a concern, you know, if I'm a family member to to that person, will they say a family member reported you? Or if I'm a neighbor, will they say a neighbor reported you? So those were concerns I will say at the beginning, but the police know how to relay it. <laughs> navigate a concerned it. citizen you know they use certain words that make it vague so that it, they find out it wasn't the neighbor next door hearing things through the wall or the teacher whatever you know so those were things I had to learn and made it much easier for the future ones <laughs> now the person who called me on the phone was in a state that was not it's not a mandatory state it was only mandatory for certain professionals who had to report if they thought a child was being abused. We live in a state right now, which is Indiana, as well as you do. And if we think that a child is being abused, we are, it is a mandatory state. So we need to report it. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or not. Mandated means it's a, a requirement for you. That is correct. To report any suspicion of a child being abused. That's what the word mandate means. Yes. And then um, when you say states that have mandated for certain, um, what is it called? Professions. Professions. Yeah. So like teachers, uh, event directors, like for Eddie and I out in Seattle, because we were event directors working with, with children and families, we were mandated reporters, but it wasn't a I don't remember, but I don't think it was across the board. Everybody's a mandated reporter. That is correct. Um, yeah. And so if you're a teacher or like a police officer, just certain professions, when you are working directly with families or you just see a family and you suspect behavior that leads to or is a result of abuse, you are supposed to report it, even if you're not sure, even if you don't have proof, yes. you're supposed to make that phone call. And then you let the authorities, um, the Department of Children's Services, as well as the police do their job with the interviewing. And they will. They, they have to follow through. They're required to follow through. Yeah. And then you could just leave it in their hands. I love the part where you said it was hard doing it, but afterwards it was like, I did what I was supposed part. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can pray for them without feeling this pressure of, should I do something? Should I not do something? Yeah. yeah. And it was no longer that I'm going to try to avoid this thought. I'm going to, you know, because those kind of things will come when, when your gut is telling you to make a report, some of the thoughts that can come are, I'm just going to avoid this. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a meddler. You know, you have all these kind of lies that will come across your plate that make you stall doing it. <laughs> just going to be honest being in those shoes. So once you do what you know you were supposed to do, there is a relief that comes. 
That's I'm not saying it's easy. But we are the adults here. Stop the abuse and bring in help. Yep. Well, thanks for talking with me about that today. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.